hello, hello. You are listening to A Pastor in His Newspaper with Dr. Castro, a podcast helping you read the news with the Bible in your hand. I am Dr. Castro. It is Friday, July the 1st. So, 4th of July weekend is fast approaching, and I know some of you will be traveling either today or tomorrow or Sunday, potentially, since 4th of July is on a Monday. And some of you are off work today or off work on Monday. So, Hope that you have a wonderful 4th of July weekend, fun with family, friends, be safe with the fireworks. And uh, so I want to get a quick episode in before the holidays. Maybe you can listen to this while you're traveling. So uh, a few things to catch up on. Number one, I mentioned last time, uh, I've been watching Stranger Things season four, episode four. Dear Billy is fantastic. Great episode. Probably one of the best, if not the best episodes of all Stranger Things, and um, it's so great. If you haven't watched it, I'm just pumping, pumping the excitement for you. And I think today is when volume two of season four is released. And so please remember, uh, this is this is like a, a fine dessert. You don't want to eat it all fast. Take your time, one bite at a time, one, watch one episode at a time. Try to just soak it in, because once it's over, it's over. It's not a great show to go back and watch, so just enjoy it. Don't watch it too fast. Uh, other big news coming out this week, actually yesterday, big news in college football, which I'm a fan. As, as you know, I did an episode on college football, so just going to pass this information on to you at, before we get into our, our topic for today. But University of Southern California and the University of California, Los Angeles, who are famously known as USC and UCLA, Great uh, teams that have been a part of the Pac-10, which now is the Pac-12, which is the West Coast Athletic Conference out out west on the Pacific Coast. They are leaving to join the Big Ten. So that's big, big news in college football. Those are two powerhouse historical programs in the Pac-12, and they are leaving for the Big Ten. If you don't know what the Big Ten is, that is a conference with Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, Nebraska, Wisconsin, Illinois, those states, the Great Lakes states, and those universities are a part of the Big Ten. And so after last summer with Texas and Oklahoma saying they are going to be joining the SEC in a few years, well, then this year we have USC and UCLA. I, I kind of jokingly posted on Facebook that every time this year we should just call this uh, the time of year, the season when conferences have free agency and they look for new teams. So uh, that's what happened. And um, interesting note with uh, the importance of place became an important issue or just a a topic that has come up in sports with uh, catcher for the Dodgers, Freddie Freeman, who longtime catcher with the Braves, won a World Series with the Braves last year, left the Braves to join the uh, L.A. Dodgers and um, came out that um, his agent kind of um, made this happen so that he can actually make more money off the contract. And Freddie uh, weeped a lot and cried a lot and was very upset when he got his ring during the uh, Dodgers series with the Braves in Atlanta just a week ago. And it just kind of tells you that people were wondering, why is he so upset? It's because he loved playing for the Braves. He loved Atlanta, loved the fans, and wishes he was still there. And that's why he actually fired his agent just recently, uh, because he wishes he was still with the Braves. And it just shows you, people are like, well, isn't LA the better weather? Isn't uh, he made, he was going to make more money with the Dodgers? But 
it does bring up an important point, and again, this is not our major topic, but uh, money cannot buy everything. And there is an important part to uh, neighborhood, place, community where you live, where your kids uh, have their friends, where they're where your kids were born. That's an important part of uh, humanity is is as place and uh, and kind of being comfortable in a particular community and place. And we're definitely seeing that in the in the world of sports with Freddie Freeman. And maybe maybe in a couple of weeks we'll uh, get um, Derek who's a big Braves fan and has, uh, you know, this is an important issue to him because he's a Braves fan, likes Freddie Freeman. Maybe we'll bring him in and invite him to come. We'll talk about Freddie Freeman and the importance of place. Uh, another uh, piece of uh, information just to pass upon to you if you're not aware of this, but uh, just recently this week we uh, we were uh, the news of uh, 53 uh, migrants who, uh, who were found dead in a tractor trailer in San Ant- outside San Antonio. And just a devastating news. Um, actually, the, there, there's a rise in death among migrants currently right now as they try to attempt to get into the United States, either by crossing the uh, Rio Grande River, which is, has some uh, very dangerous areas, with um, rapids or trying to cross the border and vary uh, in the desert areas outside and either in, in you know, Texas and California, these other areas where it's extremely hot, especially right now. And uh, it was reported that people who they, when they found the bodies, they were hot to the touch. And this, um, the, when we think about these migrant workers, they are image bearers of God. Um, and they have dignity and worthiness as image bearers of God. And I think there's just um, the just the low view of life. Um, and several several men, I think, were arrested in, in connection to this to this. And um, just the 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 dangers by which people are kind of stacked like cattle, stacked like produce um, in trucks to get across the border and smuggle people across the border. And I'm. Maybe we can talk about this this topic, this issue of immigration on a different on a different day. But uh, something needs to be done. Uh, I'm not an expert on this issue. I'm obviously uh, not a politician. Uh, I'm not a congressman, senator. Or I'm not a president. I'm not a governor of a of a border state uh, or serve in that state in any capacity. But what we have currently is just um, it cannot be um, that that's not that that situation has to be improved. Um, we have to come up with other strategies to protect the border, secure the border, but to make sure people who are crossing the border to work are safe and taken care of. And um, so there's a lot of there's a lot of complexity to that issue. There's a lot of uh, foreign policy. There's geography. There's uh, law enforcement. Uh, there's um, economics and, and politics. And all these different issues kind of collide into immigration on the South, southern border of the United States, but um, it's a really, really sad story. And so we're going to be talking, I, I've kind of avoided this topic um, since we've, I started this podcast, but I think because of what happened, the, the events of this week, uh, I think it's just important to at least talk about it. And I know this is a hot button issue, um, but I've avoided talking about former President Trump. Uh, I know that it's a very dividing, he's a, very, he's a, he's a polarizing, polarizing figure. People either hate him, people either love him. There's very few kind of just neutral uh, positions on him. And um, and so I've kind of avoided him uh, and the things that kind of uh, connect to him. 
Uh, because he's so polarizing. And some of you, what I say, will hate what I say because uh, I'm saying things that are um, criticizing President Trump. Or some of you may dislike what I'm saying because I'm not saying enough uh, negative things about President Trump. And, and I think, first off, you know, the Bible is pretty clear. Uh, elected officials, um, we ought to pray for them. First uh, Peter uh, we see this also in Romans 13, where the New Testament is 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 commanding us to honor and to pray for our leaders. And that doesn't mean that those leaders are perfect. It doesn't mean that those leaders um, somehow are better than than we are. Uh, but that God has placed them there uh, above us. They have authority over us by the law. And, and that is, if we are obedient citizens, if we do what is good, we have nothing to fear in regards to our elected uh, officials. Uh, and I believe that to be true. And, and definitely, I remember when President Trump became president um, in 2016, uh, stated that regardless if you voted for him or not voted for him, the Bible says and, and commands um, us to pray for him and honor him and, and, and hope that he does well. In the job, and I, I definitely said that, and and I know some people don't agree with that statement, but I, I think that is true. We we want our presidents, we want our leaders to do good. We want them to do well. We want them to to do what is good and do what is just. And so we should pray and encourage them to do so. And if they don't do that, then we should uh, feel uh, in our based off the laws of our our country uh, with the freedom of speech to criticize uh, them for their actions. And one of the things that we have in our country, a way of criticism, is uh, to not vote for them when they are on the ballot, bo- ballot, uh, ballot box, or not the ballot box, but when they are on the um, um, when they're on the ballot uh, to be elected for a position. And some people, uh, in criticism of President Trump, didn't vote for him again. Um, but some people voted for him because they uh, did not agree with. President Bi- or Joe Biden, now President Biden. So I want to mention just a few things, uh, things that I think President Trump did well when he was president. And I definitely don't agree with everything that he did. And uh, But I want to, I do want to highlight uh, two things. Number one, I, I definitely agreed with the corporate tax cut. Uh, the United States uh, corporate tax um, policy was was completely un- uncompetitive compared to the other markets, especially compared to China uh, and other markets around the world. Uh, our companies were legitimately headquartering themselves in other countries because our corporate tax was so, so high. And so that needed to be reformed, and, and President Trump did that while he was in office. Uh, the other thing, which I think is the biggest um, um, positive from his presidency, something I think he just needs to be um, um, praised for, especially based off the court case, uh, the Dobbs versus Jackson court case of just last week, um, overturning Roe v. Wade and, and, and pushing uh, abortion decisions to the state. That was based off the Supreme three Supreme Court justice nominations that President Trump appointed, uh, Neil Gorsuch, Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Conan Barrett. And I just want to, I mean, he deserves praise. God used him uh, to nominate those three individuals to the Supreme Court who just last week voted to uh, overturn Roe v. Wade. And so that's a positive thing. And we need to praise that. If, if you're going to praise 
uh, what happened with Dobbs versus Jackson, you need to also praise President Trump and his nominations. They go hand in hand. And the guy definitely used President Trump. Uh, as we said, he was used for a season, for a time to accomplish God's will. And so we need to praise him for that and, and thank God for placing him in office to be able to do that. Now, um, there are things that I disagreed with what he did. And number one of those things is I do not like President Trump's character. Now, I know that um, some may be rolling your eyes when I say that. I, I just I don't like the way he carries himself. I don't like the way that he, when it comes to being a model of leadership, he's a very poor model of leadership. Um, especially as someone who is a leader, got his place in situations to lead other people. I do not want to follow President Trump's example. Now, I'm not trying to say that to dishonor him. I'm not trying to say that to take away from his accomplishments. I just do not approve of his tactics and his character character, um, and the way that he leads. And, and so that brings us to the major news event of this week. Uh, and it happened on Tuesday. It happened during the January 6, 2020 um, Capitol raid hearings that are happening on Capitol Hill. So let me just kind of give you some, some bullet points before we get into this issue in, in, in a deeper way. What is the January 6th Capitol, uh, what is the January 6th hearings? Uh, a hearing to investigate the events of January 6, 2021, when a mob forced themselves into the Capitol to influence the confirmation of the Electoral College votes from the Joe Biden's 2020 presidential election victory. Tuesday was the sixth hearing by the House Committee that is trying to make the case that Mr. Trump was accountable for the January 6th attack and that it was part of a multi-pronged conspiracy to remain in power by inciting his followers to try to interrupt the peaceful transfer of power. That came after the, the then-president had made baseless allegations of election fraud and had tried to pressure federal and state officials to stop Mr. Biden's win. Um, just to kind of present a little quick summary to that, um, the, the, the conspiracy is that um, you know, Trump uh, would not accept uh, the, uh, the, the 2020 election results and uh, attempted to kind of use the courts, which he did, but uh, the courts didn't see any validity to his um, accusation of voter fraud in certain states that he lost, like Georgia and the state of Arizona. And there are a few other states, but those were the two big ones. And he did other things, uh, trying to get the governor and the secretary of state of Georgia to overturn uh, the vote, which they didn't do. And so when in, on January the 6th, there's kind of a, a ceremonial um, um, event where the vice president oversees the confirmation of the electoral college. I didn't even know this existed because it never was something that the public really paid attention to because it was a formality. It was traditional. It wasn't anything that uh, people paid attention to because when the vote happens in, no in November, what, what the results that are that are announced, the, the final uh, uh, final results of the election are pretty much accepted by the public. And it's also accepted by the two candidates. This in particular, this particular election, uh, President Trump, who had lost the election, would not uh, accept the results. And so this this date, this event, this formality that 
the vice president, Mike Pence, was overseeing, uh, Trump saw this day as a day that potentially could prevent the confirmation of the election. This is like his last attempt uh, to be able to stop um, President Biden from being president, which is unfortunate because, as Mike Pence told uh, President Trump, there's nothing he can do. This is a formality. He, this is a ceremonial uh, event. The elections have been, uh, results are finalized. They have, and President Trump and Vice President Pence, who was also on the ballot, had lost to Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. So who is Cassidy Hutchison? She is the important name involved in this, this story from this week. From former top aide to Mike Mark. Meadows, who was chief of staff of former President Trump during the time of the January 6th Capitol rape, steering will from the Secret Service, who refused to drive him to the Capitol. They, they, they had their, their rally at the Ellipsis, and after the rally was over, the, the, the crowd marched towards the Capitol, and Trump wanted to join them at the Capitol, but the Secret, uh, Secret Service refused to drive him down there, so he tried to wrestle the steering wheel is what was testified by Cassidy Hutcherson. Robert, president Trump told Robert Ingram, head of the Secret Service detail, I'm the president. Take me to the Capitol now. Mr. Ingle responded, sir, we have to go back to the West Wing, at which point Mr. Trump tried to grab the wheel of the car and used his free hand to lunge towards Mr. Ingle's neck. Video from the day shows Mr. Trump was traveling in a modified Suburban, not the larger Cadillac, which a former official said made it easier for a passenger to reach towards the steering wheel from the back seat. Now, this actually, this uh, Cassie overheard uh, this event. She was not at, in the car. And so there is there is um, people that are saying that, that, that this event actually didn't happen. So there is some controversy with this testimony of this particular event, this particular moment with the car. Uh, and just to kind of pass this information to you, the Secret Service is in fact, in fact, does have authority over the, of the president's orders in the area of his, of his protection. This was actually documented during President Bush's pregnancy on September 11th, when Bush demanded be, to be taken to the White House from Air Force One. The Secret Service refused his order, which they are legally allowed to do. They have authority over the president and all security decisions in regarding him. So um, the president can't, doesn't have oversight over his own protection. The Secret Service has that authority. So when President Trump demanded to be taken to the Capitol, they do have the power and the authority to refuse his order and take him to back to the White House because of his protection. But I would say the biggest news from her testimony is that Mr. Trump was advised, according to Ms. Hutcherson, that some of the people who were awaiting his January 6, 2021 speech had come armed. He was angry that the crowd wasn't filling up the ellipsis, apparently because some onlookers preferred not to go through the official security check. Mrs. Hutcherson, I overheard the president say something to the effect of, I don't effing care that they have weapons. They're not here to hurt me. Take the effing uh, mags away. Mags being um, the, the magnometers, which is uh, what was used for official security checks. He said he wanted them taken away. Let my people in. They can march to the Capitol from here. 
This was shortly before Mr. Trump said in his speech that if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. He wanted people to be freely able to come into his rallies. Uh, Secret Service was requiring uh, security checks to make sure people weren't bringing weapons into the area, which they had heard reports that the people were bringing weapons and President Trump didn't care because he was comfortable and knew that they were not there to harm him. So back at the White House, so that the, the weapons had already, what she is confirming is, is that Trump knew that the crowd had weapons and then encouraged them through his rally, through his speech to actually go to the Capitol and then uses the phrase, if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. It's as if she, she is reporting that Trump is stirring up the crowd, knowing that they have weapons and then sends them to the Capitol. Since back in the White House, as the riot unfolded, Mrs. Hutchinson says she heard a conversation between the White House counsel and Mr. Meadows. I remember Pat saying something to the effect of, Mark, we need to do something more. They're literally calling for the vice president to be hung. And Mark had responded something to the effect of, you heard him, Pat. Pat being um, the White House counsel. He thinks Mike, Mike deserves it. He doesn't think they're doing anything wrong. So this, this testimony is just very revealing uh, to what happened that day, what happened in the White House, what President Trump knew, and then what President Trump was trying to accomplish. Was again, he was trying to accomplish, he was trying to use this rally, use this crowd to influence what was happening at the Capitol at that moment, which was com- confirming and finalizing the Electoral College vote, which Vice President Pence was overseeing. President Trump failed to be able to persuade Pence to intercede in that in that confirmation. He said he would he would not do it. He would fulfill his constitutional um, um, job in this particular situation, which was to oversee and confirm the results of the 2020 election, which the results were that. President Trump and Vice President Pence had lost to now President Joe Biden and now Vice President Kamala Harris. So it seems that Mr. Trump, President Trump, approved of the riot, intended to walk to the Capitol with the mob, and thought Vice President Mike Pence deserved harm. First, Trump summoned the mob to Washington. Second, he knew the mob was armed and dangerous. Third, He exhorted them to fight like hell and march on the Capitol. Mrs. Hutchinson said he attempted to lead it himself. Fourth, he further inflamed the mob after the attack began by tweeting, Mike Pence didn't have the courage to do what was necessary. What is important now is getting more people testifying publicly under oath. More people are going to want to talk. The committee should be given the resources to pick up its pace and lengthen its schedule. This is a quote from Peggy Newton's article in the Wall Street Journal today, The Courage of January 6th Witness Cassidy Hutchison. If you don't know who Peggy Newton is, Peggy Newton is a Republican. She was a speechwriter for Ronald Reagan during her presidency. And so she's not some little liberal whack who is on the far left who is, is, is saying that um, more needs to be known about what happened. We need more testif- testimony that's publicly under oath, more people willing to talk, um, and in her view, is the committee should be given the resources to pick up its pace and lengthen its schedule and get more testimony and more facts uh, about what happened. 
And one Republican who is a part of this committee is former uh, Vice President Dick Cheney's daughter, uh, Liz Cheney. Uh, she's a congresswoman from Wyoming. She spoke at uh, the Ronald, Ronald Reagan's um, uh, presidential library in California at an event, and, and this, uh, this speech was sold out. And um, she addressed the elephant in the room, and she talked about Trump and President Trump and the events of January 6th. And she said, it's painful for Republicans to accept, she said, but we have to choose between because Republicans that cannot both be loyal to Donald Trump and loyal to the Constitution. And again, I'm not here to defend uh, Congresswoman Cheney. Uh, I know some Republicans do not support her because she voted um, uh, for uh, impeaching President Trump. But I think as we think about this, I mean, again, uh, I do think more testimony should should take place. I think more people should come forward. I do think that Chief of Staff Mark Meadows should testify um, because of one reason, not because, uh, you know, let's let's uh, kind of create a, a, a mob opposition against President Trump. Uh, I'm not saying this because uh, I want President Trump to be humiliated uh, through this hearing. But I think the truth matters. The truth always matters. Um, and we can't pick and choose when the truth matters. It always matters. And, and I'm thinking about this, even when we think about Revelation chapter 3, and when, when every one of those letters to the seven churches, Jesus uh, starts those letters describing who he is. And he says that he is the Amen. Right, he is the he is truly he is the God he is the, he is the God of truth, and we see this uh, talked about throughout Scripture that God Himself is true, all His words are true, everything about God is true. Truth comes from God. Uh, God doesn't choose to be true; He's always true. There's no falsehood in Him. That was what separated God from the gods of the of the of the Canaanites, the gods of the Egyptians, the gods of the Assyrians and the Babylonians, is that God is always true. There is no falsehood in him whatsoever. That's true of, of our Father. That's the truth of that's true of our our Son and Savior Jesus. I mean our our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ. It's true of the Holy Spirit as well. And the Holy Spirit leads us in truth. He leads us to truth. Truth is what God is and therefore what he says. Uh, Jeremiah chapter 10, beaten silver is brought from tarnished gold from Ufus. They are the work of the craftsmen of the hands of the goldsmith. Their clothing is violet and purple. They are, all, they are all the work of skilled men. But the Lord is the true God, the true God. He is the living God and the everlasting King. And so even uh, we see even other parts of Scripture, we see in John, Second uh, John chapter four, I rejoice greatly to find some of your children walking in the truth. John is encouraged by God's people that they're walking in the truth. They're walking in the truth because God is truth. These are God's people, so therefore they walk in the truth, as it says, as they were commanded by the Father. So not only does is God truth, not only is he true, and he's the God of truth, but his actions, he's faithful in all areas of life. In every area, his actions and his language reflect truth. And so as Christians, regardless of 
where you are politically, if you voted for President Trump, if you didn't vote for President Trump, if you support him, if you criticize him, regardless of what side you are on this issue, if you see the testimony and the and the and the hearing as as nonsense, as a waste of time, uh, as a way of smearing President Trump, and that actually all could be true. I don't want to deny the possibility because I know the intentions of of certain members of Congress is to smear President Trump, to humiliate him, uh, to get back at him. And that is true. I mean, when we think about people's intentions, our intentions are not pure. Our motives are not pure. And especially his enemies, those who oppose him, you would think that their intentions probably aren't pure. But it doesn't mean the this, this seeking out of truth isn't valid. It's valid. And as Christians, we are people of God, and God is the God of truth. He is true in every way. There is no falsehood in him at all. And we do not want to associate with falsehood. We do not want to support falsehood and lies. We want to support the truth. And even if that truth contradicts the views, opinions, and statements of someone that we support. We still seek the truth. We must be consistent. We want to be consistent with uh, our pro-life initiatives. We don't want to pick and choose when to be pro-life. We want to be pro-life consistently. We also want to be pro-truth consistently. And to be honest, you may if this ends up, and let's just kind of play this, this, this out, if it ends up being that President Trump is convicted or, or uh, charged with inciting uh, this mob, maybe this is a tactical defeat. Maybe it is a tactical defeat. Maybe God is sovereign. He is Lord. And if the truth comes out that he did this, then and he is, and he is judged for it. And we see this as a, a huge blow to... The Republican Party or conservatism or the agenda or initiatives of the right. This is a tactical defeat for the sake of a greater good. And we know that the greater good is the fulfillment of God's kingdom once and for all. The Republican Party, the Democratic Party, the, the left, the conservative, liberals, uh, right, all these different terminology. We talked about this last week. Those things are going to go away. They're not going to last forever. Those political parties are not eternally bound or not eternally. They don't have an eternity, eternal destiny. They don't. When we think about politics, ultimately, at the end of days, there's going to be one political party, and that political party is Jesus is Lord. That's the political party. There will be no rival parties. Jesus is Lord. The cross, the symbol of that kingdom, will reign forevermore, and that is the greater good. Truth will reign. There will be no lie. There will be no falsehood in Christ's kingdom. So all falsehood will be rejected. It will be kicked out of God's kingdom. And God and Christ will rule from everlasting to everlasting in truth and in love. And so let's be supporter of truth. Let's be supporters of truth. Let's, he- let's, let's pursue truth. Let's have open ears to truth truth. And if this is a smear campaign, then it should be judged as such. 
but we are people of the truth because we are God's people, and God is a God of truth. There's no falsehood in him. He is absolute in every way, including when it comes to truth. And so um, I see what, it's, it's, all, it's all sad. I mean, at the end of the day, it's sad. Um, you know, the events that are happening in the United States, gas prices, inflation, a war in Ukraine, um, what's hap- what, happened, what happened in Afghanistan and continues to happen in Afghanistan, uh, what happened on January 6, 2021, is all really sad. It's sad. And it should, it should give us some, some humility as a country as we go forward. What happened with Dobbs or Jackson is celebratory. We're happy. There's a lot of work to go, go forward. There's going to be a lot of children that are going to need to be adopted and fostered. And we have to be ready for that. Again, we want to be pro-life, not just, we don't, not just pro-birth. But through all of this, we must pursue truth. We must pursue, pursue truth. And if Cassidy Hutcherson's testimony proves to be true, then we support the truth and we support justice and we pray for God's final justice to come and when all will be held accountable to their sins and what they did. And if they are not in Christ, if they are not a follower of Christ, then they will be not welcome into the kingdom. And I'm, you know, I think it'd be important today is uh, to stop and just pray for President Trump. Pray not necessarily that he gets what he wants. That's not what you should pray for. But pray that uh, he would be humbled by this. If he did, you know, I mean, he said the things that he said, but that he would come to saving grace. I don't believe President Trump's a Christian. God has used him. But I don't believe he's a, he's a believer and follower of Christ. And uh, I pray that he would come to know Christ Jesus as his Lord and Savior. That he is not the king of his life, but that Christ Jesus is the king and the Lord. And pray that he would come to know that. Pray that Joe Biden would come to know Christ. Pray that Kamala Harris would come to know Christ. Pray that all would come to know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That should be your prayer. And pray that truth does reign and that truth does come out and that we are people of the truth. So hope you enjoyed this episode and have a wonderful 4th of July. And we will be back. I will be back next week with a new episode of A Pastor in His Newspaper. Please continue to read the news with the Bible in your hand. Have a wonderful day.